happy Friday, everyone. Thank you so much for joining. We're so glad to be um, and we are excited to bring you a whole lot of wonderful today, including our plans uh, for next fall. And with that, I'd like to introduce our head of school, Mr. Bill McGee. Well, thank you, Shannon, and welcome everyone. You know, it's hard to believe that uh, we've been in distance learning now for two months. Um, and I know you're all weary. Uh, I think all of us are looking forward to a summer break. Um, and uh, certainly parents, I, I hope you get some rest as, uh, as we enter these summer months here in a few days. So uh, let me open us up in prayer. So if you would bow with me, please. Our Father, um, it is through your grace and mercy that we enjoy this time together, that we have this time together, and that we can plan for the future. Father, we can plan with confidence because we know that the future is in your hands and that you have a plan for all of what we've endured these past few weeks. And Father, we just trust you because you are a loving God you are a perfect God with a perfect plan. And so that's, um, that's why we can pause and give you thanks, even in times of trouble and, and uh, trials and, and challenges. Father, this afternoon, I want to lift up our teachers, our parents, all those who have changed their routine to serve our students. Father, I know they're tired. I know fatigue is, is setting in. I know they've worked above and beyond the call of duty. Whether they're parents at home overseeing their child's lessons, ensuring that they stay focused, or whether they're teachers working through the wee hours to provide the resources and the lessons that our students need to continue their learning. Whatever their role is, Father, I know they are getting weary. And so I, I would ask that you give them the strength and the energy and the endurance for just a few more days. And then you would bless them with rest, that you would give them um, a Sabbath, that you would allow them to restore not only their physical, mental, and emotional, but their spiritual lives. So this afternoon, I, I um, just ask for your blessing upon us all. I pray that uh, the information that we share will be uh, received with understanding and with grace, and that uh, all that we say and do this day would be to your honor and glory. And it's in your son's most precious name I pray. Amen. All right, so um, a few reminders here. Parents have several announcements we need to make uh, this afternoon. First of all, uh, thank you to all those who have completed the ISM Distance Learning uh, Satisfaction Survey. If you have not yet completed that, please do so before the end of the day. Uh, that survey will close today. It's gonna provide valuable feedback to us uh, as we close out this uh, portion of distance learning 
And if necessary, we have to go into distance learning at any time next year. The information that you provide us will help us uh, uh, to be only stronger in this area. Um, also want to draw your attention to, we have changed the retrieve and return process to a drive up only. Um, and so we just sent those instructions out uh, this afternoon. So please pay uh, particular attention to uh, the new process for uh, picking up and returning supplies uh, next week. Next slide, please. All right, just uh, again, uh, just your uh, a reminder about the different uh, resources available uh, and people to contact if you have questions or, or uh, need to pursue uh, one of our services. Um, oh, this is, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, the, uh, uh, just want a reminder, uh, parents, uh, we continue to uh, dedicate resources to our tuition assistance program. Uh, I just got an update from Sherry Mosley. Uh, we now have 104 students who, are, uh, who have received financial aid. The average award uh, for those students is uh, uh, $7,600 $7, uh, per student. So there's substantial uh, aid available if you find that this uh, soft economy has uh, threatened uh, your child's enrollment at uh, Legacy. So uh, we don't want to lose any family, any student for financial reasons. And so um, I'm thankful our board has made the resources available to help uh, uh, needy families. So please contact Sherry Mosley if you would like to uh, start that process. Um, and of course, uh, we continue to go strong uh, or, or to build our Stronger Together Fund. Uh, uh, we, uh, as I mentioned, we've already uh, awarded uh, 104 uh, students uh, tuition assistance. That's funded through our annual fund contributions and specifically our Stronger Together Fund. I'm very pleased to uh, uh, announce that uh, we have raised over $60,000 uh, in that fund, and that's not counting the proceeds from our uh, our virtual auction, and Shannon's going to report on that in a few minutes. But uh, thank you to uh, the families who have contributed to this fund. You're helping other legacy families uh, keep their children enrolled in our school. So I want to thank you very much for that. Uh, a, a word about our baccalaureate commencement scheduled for a week uh, from today. Uh, we're really excited to, that we're going to be able to celebrate uh, the graduations of 91 students uh, in Toyota Stadium uh, next week, 730. Um, uh, please understand, though, that this graduation is limited to the graduates and their extended family and friends. Um, we, we need to ensure the health and safety of all those who attend. We want to make sure we have adequate social distancing. So this graduation, or, or what we're calling baccalaureate commencement, because it's a combination of the two, uh, is limited to the graduates and their extended families. In fact, no one will be admitted into the stadium without a waiver. So, uh, but the good news is, if uh, you would like to view the uh, ceremony. It'll be uh, made available through live streaming and we'll send you uh, details on how you can uh, tune in to our 
baccalaureate commencement next week. Uh, just a reminder about uh, our daily prayer time, uh, social media, uh, other uh, reminders for uh, 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 that we give on a weekly basis. And I'm going to turn it over to Shannon with a few more details. Yeah, thank you so much, Mr. McGee. So glad to be with you all today. So really quickly, wanted to provide a few key updates regarding some of our events and initiatives that we've rolled out. A uh, quick reminder, the LCA business directory has been launched. If you'd like to include your information, it is still available to you. So please, uh, we'd love to feature your business information and encourage community to um, support each other through this time. Uh, also, our TJ Tomini virtual auction is today at 6 p.m. So we're not encouraging you to multi. You certainly can have your auction app open and submit your bids, your final bid, close it out this Friday. Um, and then also, last but certainly not least, Eagle Mama is coming up on the 20th at 1130 a.m. And you'll get to hear a powerful message from our original Eagle Mama, uh, Senator Angela Paxton. So a quick reminder up on your screen, you at the uh, website for our virtual auction. Hope that you'll have lots of good stuff. Uh, the best part is that uh, you may, you know, win some great prizes, but nations support the Stronger Together Fund. So it's a win-win. Um, with that, I'm going to turn things back to Mr. McGee, and he's going to lead us through our crisis management teams and talk a little bit more um, about how we are preparing for next year. All right. So uh, on the screen, you should see our the organizational chart for uh, managing the uh, current crisis. You'll notice that there are six uh, crisis management teams uh, listed, and we're going to hear from five of those today. Uh, these teams have been working diligently for over a month to start uh, not only uh, looking at what we need to be doing now to finish out this school year, but more importantly, what are we uh, looking at for next year? And I know a lot of uh, parents, a lot of your questions have to do with uh, next year, the plan for next year. Uh, those plans are, are uh, very complex and, uh, and uh, are uh, have to be flexible, but uh, we have a very capable team of administrators, school leaders, uh, parents, and outside resources to help us with those plans. So this afternoon, you're going to hear from each one of the senior leaders, uh, I'm sorry, one of the uh, team leaders, uh, that senior leadership is uh, chaired by me. We're, we're kind of the nerve center for all of the uh, uh, planning that goes on. So, for example, I've got members of my executive leadership team, our academic leadership team, and our operations leadership team all coming together once a week. We hear reports from the various teams, and uh, our charge is to manage the uncertainty, fluidity, and disruption caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. And so you see uh, uh, more specifically uh, questions uh, or charges that we have, uh, but we do, uh, we are hearing updates uh, regularly from the different teams and then making sure that uh, we continue to make progress in our plans for next year. And this afternoon, that's what you're going to hear. You're going to get a progress report from five of the six. The sixth one you heard actually last week. So Bill Dyer and his campus operations team uh, shared with you some of the um, sanitation uh, and physical uh, 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 plan that we, we have 
to uh, ensure that our, our plant or our campus is as safe as possible. So uh, at this time, I want to turn it over to uh, Daniel Townsley, who is uh, chairing the academic leadership team. He has some very interesting information that parents, I know you're, gonna, you're uh, anxious to know. So uh, Daniel, take it away. Thank you, Bill. Hi, everyone. I'm Daniel Townsley, and I serve as the chief academic officer. I started my tenure with Legacy when the school launched in 1999 and have been on staff for 18 years. I supervise both the academic program at Legacy as well as our student services division, which includes nursing, guidance counseling, college counseling, library, as well as our LLC program. The charge for the academic leadership team that I chair has been, how can we best educate our students next year if they will be toggling between school home, school home due to the COVID-19 restrictions. In tackling this charge, our number one priority was to minimize as much as possible this scenario of toggling between school and home. Our faculty have excelled, they've risen to the challenge, and they successfully launched a distance learning program almost overnight while continually refining that program so that student learning continued and connection time between students and teachers was increased. Thank you parents for your hard work, your patience, your flexibility. We know that it has not been easy as many of us on staff are experiencing the same realities at home balancing both work and family obligations. Our primary goal as a committee quickly became focused on creative and tangible solutions that would best leverage legacy to offer as much on-site, in-person teaching as we are safely and legally able to offer. Excuse me. Out of this intense work has been the development of two key strategies and commitments that we are making to families that we believe best strengthen our school and minimize our need to toggle between school and home. First, we are creating what we are calling core classrooms. The current governmental phase, the current governmental phase openings are allowing businesses and organizations to open if they can meet physical distancing protocols. Is there a way that we can plan and organize now to best prepare us to operate under similar standard that might become available to schools in the near future? After an extensive audit of our facilities, as well as our faculty and staff, we are confident that we have a viable solution. At the heart of our core, cl core classroom initiative will be an increase in the number of physical classrooms we offer next year in order to provide an environment that follows recommended physical distancing protocols. Essential to following physical distancing protocols will be to decrease the number of students in a classroom next year so that we can maintain appropriate space in the learning environment for everyone's health and protection. Therefore, our core classrooms, depending on the size of the room, as well as divisional and scheduled differences and needs, will range between 10 and 14 students, with our target goal of an average of 12 students per classroom. The likelihood of a school being able to offer large group meetings and assemblies next year will more than likely be disrupted. Since classroom sizes will be smaller, we are planning and preparing to use every available space on our campus to create more physical classroom space. Each division, each division has already started working on schedule changes and adjustments 
that will help facilitate a move to core classrooms next year. We're also reviewing staffing assignments and will adjust those as necessary so that we can open up more classroom spaces. Since many of our larger school spaces will be converted to individual classroom spaces, then those faculty and staff will assist in supporting these core classrooms. These core classrooms will also help us strengthen our distance learning program by providing a smaller core group that can be more easily connected um, with and supported while at home. By establishing core classrooms, we will have smaller pods of students who can be supported and connected to at an even greater extent. These core classrooms will not only allow us to possibly meet on campus more often next year, but they will also enhance and strengthen our distance learning program and provide more personalized support for families. Even if no restrictions are in place next year for schools, we will still implement this core classrooms plan. More than likely, there will be disruptions and restrictions at some time next year. Our core classrooms plan will enable us to pivot as quickly as feasible and strengthen our ability to remain on campus when possibly other educational institutions are closed or impacted. Our core classrooms plan will allow for larger student gatherings when those are permitted, but will be based on a smaller core experience for students, allowing us to be as flexible and adaptable as possible so students can remain on campus as long as feasible. Core to Legacy's mission and values are the relationships that exist among our community. Our core classrooms approach will strengthen and bolster these relationships in the various scenarios we might experience next year. Uh, our second commitment. We are extending our school calendar to provide us margin during the year if we are legally required to close due to any potential spikes in COVID cases, possibly coinciding with flu season. School will start one week earlier next year and finish one week later. This will provide 10 days of additional instructional time that will allow us additional margin if we have to toggle between on-site and distance learning. Starting school early will enable us to springboard into a new school year as we will be evaluating where students are and any needs they might have academically. Planning to end a week later will provide us flexibility as we enter the winter months. If for any reason school is disrupted again, then those days will provide additional contact time that families can begin preparing for. If we experience no disruptions, then we will treat the five extensions at the end of the year as we would snow days and students would therefore finish school earlier. In addition, our calendar has five staff development days next year where students were not going to be on campus. These staff development days provide another five days that we can convert into on-campus instructional days as, if needed. These calendar adjustments are being made to provide additional margin for us to offer as much on-campus instruction as possible given uncertain scenarios. Race will be extended next year for students and families if any of these calendar day extensions conflict with any family obligations and plans. If possible, please prioritize your child being available to be on campus for these days so we can offer the most on-campus learning opportunities possible. In light of potential summer school academic activities on campus, we still do not have direction from our state government as to what will be allowed for schools hosting summer programs. Given this uncertainty, as well as our need to prioritize our core classroom and extended calendar plan, we will not be hosting summer academic camps. However, next week, Legacy will publish reading lists and recommendations for your family to explore this summer in support of student academic growth and development. 
As a school, our energies this summer will be focused on preparing our facility, as well as supporting our teaching staff so that we can offer the best education and safest environment possible next year. Starting a week earlier will help bridge this school year with next year, and we are diligently exploring resources to use in that springboard week to best help us analyze where each student is in their learning journey and how best we can support them next year in their growth and development. I cannot be more confident that these two measures will strengthen a legacy education next year in still very uncertain times. Legacy is making a commitment to families to do everything within our ability to offer an on-campus home for your children next year. Now that we have these two pillars, core classrooms and the extended calendar, we can plan even more specifically and tangibly. We will be spending all summer working out the details of these two pillars. Our core classroom approach is a bedrock and foundation for any additional plans we need to consider and implement. It is now my honor to introduce Angie Detloff. Hello everyone. Again, my name is Angie Detloff. I am the Director of Health Services at LCA and have had the privilege of caring for the upper school students this year. This is my first year at Legacy. Prior to this year, my husband and I lived in Illinois where I worked as a school nurse for 12 years. The health and well-being team has been asked to address two questions. The first is, what will be our crisis management plan if someone in our school community tests positive for COVID-19? So first of all, we need to develop a plan of action in the event of a community infection. Our team is currently developing a step-by-step -step plan to follow if someone in our legacy community tests positive for COVID-19. In this plan, we have outlined the possible scenarios our school may face, whether it is a student or staff member, a sibling of a student or a child of a staff member, or a legacy parent that tests positive. We have discussed specifically how each of these possible scenarios would be addressed in regards to how do we communicate this information to parents, teachers, and staff, when to self-quarantine, when to participate in distance learning, and when an individual would be able to return to campus. This leads us right into testing protocols. In following the current CDC requirements, our testing protocol for students and staff members would involve providing a letter signed by a physician confirming a negative COVID-19 test before returning to campus. This requirement will be based on the availability of testing supplies, but if a shortage does exist, the CDC has provided a time-based plan that we would follow prior to a student or staff member's return. Now in developing contact tracing protocols, this process will be done in cooperation with the local health departments. During conversations with both Collin County and Denton County, they have reassured me that they will have the resources available to provide contact tracing if needed. They have also, <clears throat> excuse me, have also provided the information we would be responsible for to um, prevent the spread of this virus. In regards to the local health departments, I will continue to be in contact with both Collin County and Denton County throughout the summer regarding any COVID-19 updates and recommendations. This team will also continue to meet in order to include the necessary information in the ongoing development of this plan. I've asked Jenna Snyder to share with you the second question our team has been asked to address. 
Hi there, so glad to join you today. And I am Jenna Snyder. I'm the Director of Guidance Counseling here at Legacy. I'm also the Upper School Counselor. I have been at Legacy, in the community anyway, for 11 years. Um, my children went there, so I've been a parent, and then I was also a teacher for a bit, and now I am a counselor and the Director of, of Guidance Counseling. So it's been, it's been a journey. I've loved every minute of it. And I am privileged to co-chair under Angie on this committee. And I'm gonna bring you a little information on our second charge, which is meeting the social emotional needs of our students and community. Um, this is certainly an uncertain time. And with that comes all kinds of anxiety and depression and isolation. And I'm feeling that as I'm listening to stories and counseling our students and parents. And so more than ever, we need to have a solid plan in place um, to address this and to uh, care for our community on a social emotional level. Um, I was tasked with creating a plan and, and I had to think about what would work in any environment. So virtual or in person, this plan would, would work. And this is uh, what I've called Legacy Cares. And just quickly, I'll go through it. We've got a long meeting today, but I'll just take you through some highlights here. And really, it kind of fell into three categories. Um, and that is caring by connection, caring in counseling, and caring through communication. So caring by connection is really just all about community. Your children and you need to still really feel a part of things, which can be challenging in a virtual environment. So we'll be enacting things such as our Shepherd program, where faculty and staff are assigned to uh, members of our community, families, and they reach out on a regular basis just to check in to see how you're doing and get prayer requests. Um, and you can read through, I won't read everything here, but everything from virtual student hangouts because your kids need to interact with their peers. And some are better than that than others in a distance learning environment. Um, also things like large group presentations with, with small group breakouts, which we've done during our distance learning time. So, so really that community piece is just crucial and we recognize that and we want to preserve that. Secondly, is uh, caring and counseling. And this is what Dr. Sneer, our middle school counselor and lower school counselor uh, do on a regular basis. And that is just one-on-one -on -one sessions with our kids, with our families. Um, and we want to continue to, to operate in that way. We've done them through distance learning. We've done them through Google Meet, and that's actually been worked beautifully. So we'll continue to do that if need be, or uh, meet in person certainly would be our first, uh, first choice here. But, but we will commit to continuing this, these counseling sessions. And should you need one, even now, maybe you're thinking I should talk with one of them, please reach out, and your students have, have been reaching out your children have been reaching out. So we're grateful for that. And then lastly, caring through communication. You know, uh, good social emotional health, a lot of it has to do with good social emotional education. So that might look like anything from informative emails from us to both students and parents that maybe just pass along an article or something we've written, something that we feel can equip you during this time. 
Um, we're going to continue our LCAU student education programming and our pep talk programming, and we'll do it virtually. Uh, certainly at the beginning, we'll need to do these virtually. Uh, we're committed to bringing that to you as well and continuing what we've started in those two areas. Uh, and just weekly encouragement. We want to conduct uh, regular social emotional health assessment surveys just to get a pulse on where our community is and certainly make adjustments if needed as we strive to make this the best social emotional environment possible during this crazy time. Um, so that is our plan so far. We'll continue to perfect this and add details as we go, just like all of us here on this panel today. And I will now send you to Paula Brothers, our Senior Director of Business Operations. Thank you, Jenna. Hi, my name is Paula Brothers, and I've been with Legacy for about 17 years now. I've served several different administrative roles. Currently, I'm the Senior Director of Business Operations, so that serves accounting, payroll, benefits, legal compliance, and our Human Resources Department. In my time at Legacy, I've served under three heads of school, saw my daughter graduate, watched football games sitting on bales of hay before we even had bleachers, gone from a one-building school to the beautiful campus we have today, and enjoyed watching us grow from 300 students when my daughter started to over 1,000 today. I know many of you share these memories with me and our love and affection has grown for the school with each year. As an administration, we are called to protect our flock. 1 Peter 5.2 tells us, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be, not pursuing gain, but eager to serve. So as we carefully plan our future, I'm privileged to chair the team for faculty and staff well-being. Co-chairing with me are Jenna Snyder and Lana Sneer, who are both professional experts in emotional well-being, as you've just heard. So as you can see on the slide, our charge from Mr. McGee is how can we make our work environment better and for our teachers and staff due to the COVID-19 restrictions. We know how much you love our teachers. They have been on the front lines and have shown remarkable stamina and commitment with a unified purpose, and it has been a wonder to behold. As they pour into your children, we want you to know we recognize the potential stress and pressure they feel, and our team is committed to supporting them. We will be conducting a well-being survey of our faculty and staff to gain direction on how to provide any definitive support needed, but immediately we have identified these goals and are putting the following things in place. We will work with the academic team to establish workload expectations, focus on communicating and encouraging boundaries that protect teachers' work-life balance, identify resources to provide counseling for emotional support, financial planning, and access to employee benefits through our employee assistance program. These objectives will be put into action over the next couple of weeks and continue for the future. Thank you for your love and support of our faculty and for your continued prayers for the teachers and our team as we make every effort to honor and support them. 
Well, that's, that's all for me, and I'm handing off to Jean Potts, who is chairing our finance and legal team. Hi, everyone. I'm, I'm privileged to serve these last two years as your chief financial officer. And uh, of course, in this uh, time here, I also uh, have a daughter who is a third grade student here at Legacy. And I, it's been a privilege to be here. You know, the, the great thing about Legacy is that um, we are taking what God has created and we're teaching our children about that. So, you know, this isn't about applying Christianity to education. It's about putting them together the way they always should have been. And so I've been very privileged to be here these last two years. And I'm also privileged to serve on this finance legal team as we look through this challenging time of, of COVID-19. And so I wanna share with you a little bit, we have our finance legal team uh, where I am chair and I have a co-chair, Carrie Stackhouse, our director of accounting, uh, Sherry Mosley, um, our student account manager, Paula, who you just heard from, uh, Mr. McGee, and our finance committee, as well as our legal counsel, Diana Bowen. And of course, we're looking at all aspects of what COVID-19 means for us right now and how it's gonna affect us for the, the year 2021. I wanna to talk to you about three things today that this uh, committee is chaired with uh, tasks to uh, addressing. First of all, talking about maintaining the financial stability of the legacy. We also are here to meet the needs of our families and our employees. And then finally, um, we're here to also measure the value of what Legacy is providing this year. So first of all, let me just start off with uh, the financial stability of, of Legacy. Um, ironically, in January this year, we engaged a financial advisory firm because we were trying to say, how can we best use our funds in the bank, as well as how can we structure our debt for the future? so that we can meet the needs of the future and progress as we go forward. And at the time, all we were planning on doing was then was to plan a five-year model of what we would do going forward. But then all of a sudden, God had other plans, and of course, he already had us uh, with a, a financial advisory team to help us, and suddenly, we've gone into a different mode. Now we're going into the mode of how do we respond to COVID-19. Well, what we've been doing as a committee, and we've been very busy this spring doing, and especially in the last few months, is repositioning our cash in a way that we can earn the best that we can so that we can invest in you as families, as well as opening up our debt structure such that we have maximum flexibility so that we are prepared to meet the cash needs and the funded needs for next year. Also, our um, finance committee and our board have agreed uh, to use the reserves that we've saved up for many years to address and all the unforeseen costs that are gonna come into play as we open up in 2021. Also with this, we've looked at uh, three different financial plans or budgets addressing different scenarios that might occur this year, which we really don't know what is going to occur, but we're trying our best by being prepared with three different uh, cases under three different enrollments. Um, Perhaps though, what is most interesting, and you've heard this uh, before in previous town halls, is that we are re redirecting all of our annual fund dollars collected this year, now called the Stronger Together Fund, to uh, tuition assistance, as well as benevolence for any of our employees who have any uh, needs that have arisen since COVID-19 crisis. Um, so we are well positioned to help, and we've got a war chest because we want all of you here. 
and we want to take care of our family. Um, so that gets into the second point. How are we meeting the needs of our LCA families? Well, first of all, some of you may just have some short-term cash needs. You, you really, you aren't at a point where you may need financial assistance, but maybe you just need a break. I mean, we've had uh, shutdowns go all over the place. Some of you have been furloughed and maybe all you need is just a deferral in your payments. You know, we start payments for 2021 in March and sometimes maybe you just need a break for a month and you need to just need to push a payment forward. Well, we're prepared to do that. Um, if you'll contact Sherry Mosley, our manager of student accounts, she is there to be able to help you during this time. We're not charging late fees right now because y'all, everyone here, we know it's been an unusual crisis and some of you just simply need uh, a payment deferral. But then there's some of you that have been hit in a, a, a more uh, detrimental way. You've been laid off or perhaps you're, you're running a business, which many of you do, and you've been completely um, disrupted. You've even had to lay off other employees. And we realize that in a, in a normal year, you wouldn't be applying for financial assistance. But all of a sudden now you're, you, you may have all these assets that, you're, that are no longer at your disposal right now, and you're in distress and you're thinking about leaving. Well, we don't want you to leave. If you're, in, if you're one of those that is in, a, in that kind of a position, where you need a break this year or something that you're, you're really, you just need some help, please apply. What we do for financial assistance, if you will apply, is we take a look at your situation. And of course, in some of your situations, it may look like as though you, you can handle it, but you've had something come up in the last few months that won't be reflected there. But we're there to look at those and, and hear your case. And so once again, contact Sherry Mosley and apply for financial assistance. As we said before, our annual fund dollars that we're collecting this year, what hasn't been used at this point is going to be um, focused on keeping our families here. We don't want this crisis to be something where you have to bail out just because of one year. We know that God brought you here, that he had a God-ordained purpose to have your children here. We wanna be here to support you at this time. We know that you're good. You, many of you have been full to, full paying tuition families for years, but this year you may just need a little help, but please come to us because we don't wanna lose you. And finally, um, we wanna uh, extend benevolence to our employees who are in need. Um, so our funds are dedicated to that purpose. So, if, uh, so for that matter, we're trying to keep our LCA community together. Finally, um, we're here to also measure what LCA is going to provide for you this next year. Of course, as you know, um, you're paying your full paying tuition dollars. You're looking at what you're being paid and at what you're paying and you wanna make sure that you get the value for what you're paying. So we wanna make sure that we're looking at that next year. We don't know what kind of scenarios we're gonna be under. Um, we may have different uh, on-campus models. We may be forced into distance learning again for an extended period of time. And if we are, we're we aware that, that that is something you're looking at as a tuition paying uh, parents. We know that you're customers and we wanna be able to make sure that you're getting the value for what you're paying for. So we will be assessing this next year. We have a model, we have a committee full of tuition paying parents who will be able to assess and ask if there, for any reason we need to make it adjustments, we will be prepared to do so. So with that now, I wanna turn back over to Shannon Nelson. Thank you so much, Jean. Uh, wonderful information. Um, as you know, I'm Shannon Nelson. Um, I'm uh, LCA's Chief 
an officer and I'm coming year of service. So glad to be with you. Um, my team is the communications leadership team and I have the honor of co-chairing with Adam Housley, our senior director of advancement. And on this team are various members of our advancement team. Um, and we'll also likely have various members of our board along with other leadership members and parent volunteers join us um, as we continue to ensure that you have the best uh, communications possible throughout this time. So our charge is how do we continue to elicit confidence in our school's ability to provide a top-notch value-added education despite the uncertainties of the circumstances? And you can see some bullet points here that we plan to address. So first up, uh, a strategic marketing and communication plan, um, preparing a crisis response statement, managing the flow of information so that it's timely and balanced, uh, managing all of our fundraising initiatives and communications. Also ensuring proper enrollment standards, uh, enrollment management standards and processes are in place. And then finally, uh, creating and promoting com community connection opportunities through virtual and uh, uh, virtual events and social media. So what I'd like to talk through with you just really briefly um, is a bit about the work that we've been up to and what we plan uh, to focus on here coming up soon. So you all have likely noticed that you've communication than ever. Uh, new communication channel tactics to provide you with the most up-to-date information, including uh, Mr. McGee's uh, onward and upward messages that you're receiving. You've likely also noticed an enhanced social media presence. Uh, we have a time per week email drip currently to ensure that you have a steady, a steady stream of information. And then a Friday town hall meeting. So you're, you're here today. Um, this is a brand new communication tool that we'll likely continue using uh, moving forward. We've also built out a new website to provide all uh, necessary resources for you. So that's our Learning Continues website. And we've introduced a website chat feature to answer questions uh, quickly, particularly uh, for our prospective family. So that's been a great way to connect with those that are interested in learning more about Legacy. We've converted our entire office into a virtual admissions center so that we can best uh, manage our enrollment. And then last but certainly not least, through our development function, we have created the Stronger Together Fund and converted all of our planned events into virtual offerings, such as our Eagle Mama, the virtual auction, and our recent men's leadership lunch. So on the horizon, what's coming up next? You will hear from us regularly over the summer. Our plans are being finalized. What you've heard today is that all of these plans are in motion. And we certainly want to give you as much information as we possibly can at any given moment. But I think that we all recognize we are in a very fluid. So we are going to give you as much information and as much detail as we can. For now, we're planning on an initial re-entry plan that we will publish in early June. So you will have a physical plan in your hands in early June. We're looking at a June 8th launch date. We'll also continue with our town hall meeting format throughout the summer, and we plan to host town hall meetings at least twice, one in June, one in July. Uh, but we will certainly ensure that there are additional town hall meetings if we identify that there's a need for them. We're uh, currently auditing all of our fall development events to make decisions regarding feasibility. So we're taking a look at all of our scheduled events, um, the size of those events, and if they need to continue on. And then lastly, we are currently of our communications to create a type plan that provides you with seamless information. So we're going to take a look back on all of the communications that we've provided you up until now and really ask ourselves the hard questions of did we deliver, did we give you what you needed when you needed it, 
So we're also looking to you for that feedback. Um, and we encourage you to that feedback um, to, to us. So please uh, share that feedback with, with another member of our marketing and communications team. And lastly, we will be working throughout the summer on uh, website updates. So we'll make sure that you have everything that you need, hopefully right at your fingertips. Um, so with that, that's a bit about our team charge. I'm gonna turn things back to Mr. McGee to provide us with a summary of what we heard. Well, thanks again, Shannon, and good work on the communications side. I, I believe that uh, our parents really appreciate uh, the, the uh, regular stream of communications and the different ways that it's come to them. And uh, I hear that from parents all the time. Um, I've been monitoring the questions that have been posed on the chat feature uh, of this, uh, uh, of this uh, conference. And you all are asking some very good questions and very detailed questions. Um, and we intend to address the details, but we don't have all those details uh, worked out yet. We're still working on that. And as Shannon mentioned, we do plan to uh, publish a more detailed uh, piece uh, by the first week in June that will uh, that we're entitling the reentry plan. So if you'll be patient with us, you know, questions like, uh, what does the daily schedule look like? Uh, what is that springboard week? What's that going to consist of? What kind of test, uh, diagnostic tests are you going to give our students to determine uh, uh, where they are academically? Those, those types of questions are, are being researched and we, we hope to provide an answer to you in that uh, publication in June. Um, Parents, the, the, the challenge we've had for the, these uh, past few weeks is planning for four different scenarios. The scenarios are these. A normal school opening with minimal restrictions, a school opening uh, with um, a medium level restrictions or moderate restrictions, school opening with maximum restrictions, and then finally the possibility that the campus will remain closed and will be in a distance learning uh, environment. So we've been working for four, uh, off those four scenarios, we've had to plan for four different uh, uh, scenarios here. And just like you, I, I, sometimes I get frustrated with government officials who can't give us specific answers uh, to our questions, and I get that. I get frustrated, I know you get frustrated. Please be patient with us because as we've said from the beginning, this is a very fluid situation we're in and the rules of engagement are changing constantly. Uh, so what we said a week ago, two weeks ago, no longer applies. And so, uh, you know, that's why we're not uh, in a hurry to make decisions such as the school calendar or uh, the the modes of instruction because we're 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 dealing with a very um, uh, fluid situation. But parents, I, I want to make this point also: is we are in a position as a private school to be in, in a smaller school than the public schools to be much more flexible and nimble in our decision making. Um, and I think that's one of the advantages of uh, being a private school is, is we're free of government control uh, in many areas, not in every area. We still have to meet certain standards, uh, but we are not under the authority of the state um, 
state educational officials nor uh, really of the of, of national educational uh, education officials. So that being said, um, we can pivot much more quickly and uh, seamlessly than other schools. So, um, you know, as, as you consider for next year, just um, I, I hope you're, uh, you appreciate our ability to be able to uh, pivot quickly and to uh, make changes on the run. We've certainly had to uh, learn that. We've gotten a lot of practice doing that these uh, last two months. Um, and I, I was reading a report uh, just today on the CDC's interim guidance for administrators of K through 12 schools. And on, uh, uh, here's the quote, the most important thing to do now is plan and prepare. I'll repeat that. The most important thing to do now is plan and prepare. And that's really what we've been doing for the last two months. We're planning and preparing for next school year because we are committed to being successful regardless of the environment that we find ourselves. So with that, I want to open it up to the Q&A uh, section. So uh, Adam, I think you're going to uh, uh, facilitate that. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Mr. McGee. Uh, don't go too far though, because I've got a couple questions uh, for you that have been posed. Uh, the first one is focused on athletics. Can you speak to what we know about sports and extracurriculars and if they'll be offered next year? Well, uh, I just had a conversation this afternoon with Cole Johnson, our athletic director, and uh, he had just attended a, uh, a session, a Zoom session with officials from TAPS, which is our governing association for uh, all of our athletic programs. And TAPS is planning uh, on a full schedule of, uh, of games and, and contests next year. Uh, of course, with this caveat, everything may change uh, based on government fiat. So in other words, uh, you know, if we're in a restricted environment where we, uh, we can no longer report to school, obviously that's going to affect uh, our athletic and fine arts programs. Um, we're hoping and praying that's not the case. Uh, we're moving forward, uh, planning that we will open our fall sports and our fall uh, fine arts activities uh, as normal. Uh, but of course, there may be some uh, physical distancing requirements that we have to observe. Uh, you know, uh, you, you can get a sense of, of the challenge in that all of the professional sports right now, are, they don't know exactly what they're going to do. They're still working plans to uh, either finish their season that they started or uh, launch a new season in the fall. And those, those plans are still subject to really the trajectory of uh, the virus and its infection rate. So, uh, so we, yes, we plan on offering whatever activities, fine arts or athletics that we can, but it's subject to the environment we find ourselves in. Yeah, I think that's a great way uh, to wrap up that answer. And it's, it's certainly a, a theme to many of the questions we've seen. I mean, in a perfect world, our goal would be to do school as we've always done school. Uh, but unfortunately, as we prioritize the safety as our students, as we always do, some of these things uh, may not happen. And then in some instances, we're subject to uh, the rules and regulations uh, from other, other parties. So uh, another question for you, Mr. McGee, can you speak to uh, whether visitors will be allowed on campus next year? And that probably uh, goes right with the answer I just gave. Yeah, I'd, I would say the, the uh, see the above because the, um, 
you know, we will, let me say this, maybe the best way to answer that question is this way. We will provide the least restricted environment that we possibly can and are allowed to by law. So in other words, we would love to return to normal with visitors having the same access as they've always had. Um, and, and that would be our goal. However, we may have to adjust that. And so uh, again, we, we may not be able to make that decision until right before school starts because we're not sure what restrictions will be required. Uh, and we do anticipate that the governor will and, and uh, uh, educational agencies will provide guidelines for schools sometime during the summer for their reopening. Uh, so that will help us guide our decision as well. So uh, yeah, I mean, uh, guests will still be able to come to a school, but we may have certain restrictions, like uh, they may have to uh, uh, have their temperature checked before they're allowed to enter uh, the hallways. Uh, or we may have to uh, restrict certain types of guests. Uh, you know, parents are welcome, but other guests, uh, we may have to just uh, turn away. So again, that's all depends on the environment we find ourselves in. Very good, thank you. Angie, I have a few questions for you. Um, will masks or gloves be required for staff, students, all of the above? Can you speak to that for a minute? I can. We, at this time, we have discussed uh, recommending that staff members and students wear masks, um, but not necessarily requiring them, which would allow families to decide um, what is best for them. But ultimately, um, if there is um, recommendations from the CDC or if there's executive orders um, requiring masks, um, then we will need to follow those. Very good. Thank you. Uh, one more question for you, Angie. How will parents be notified if a student or staff member has been infected with COVID-19? Well, we are continuing to work on a plan um, regarding that, um, but ultimately we'll be looking to um, the public health departments to direct us um, on the best way to accomplish this. Very good. Mr. Townsley, I have uh, a couple of questions for you. Um, the first one I think that might make most sense to speak to based on some questions in the chat. Can you elaborate a little bit on the term core classroom and, and what that means perhaps at each of the different grade levels, lower, middle, and upper school? Yes, thank you, Adam. That's a great question. I apologize for any confusion with that term core. We've been trying to identify what's the best descriptive term for that. But I can see that um, with upper school students, core many times refers to disciplines or subject matter. Um, in referring to core, we're referring to the size of a class. So our goal is if we can have smaller classrooms of students that might enable us to be open more during the school year and the various scenarios we might find ourselves in. So unless there is a complete lockdown by the, by the state, then by having social distancing being a, a goal of ours from the get-go, and designing our facility and staffing around that, then hopefully we can provide an on-campus experience for students for the majority of the school year that we are legally able to do so. So students will still receive all of the same uh, subject matter instruction. They'll have specials. Um, they, will, they will not um, have any reduction in, in what they're um, uh, used to covering. The, the word core is mainly referring to a smaller group of students to allow us to have physical distancing 
requirements met. Uh, so for, um, for lower school, you know, we're looking at students, uh, classes anywhere from about 10 to 14, our goal being an average of 12 per classroom. Some classrooms are a little larger than others, so we'll adjust accordingly. Um, and the same for middle and upper school. So although middle and upper school students uh, transition a lot more than lower school students do, uh, our goal is still to maintain that, that core group of students for that subject um, in order to best meet physical distancing requirements. Very good. Thank you. Um, a follow-up question. Uh, will the LLC still be available next year? And if so, in what capacity? Yes, our, our goal is for the LLC to operate in a similar capacity to, to how it has in the past and even during distance learning. So uh, we're still working out the specifics of room assignments and, and schedules with the different divisions, but, but our goal is to still offer a strong LLC uh, program to support students and families. Uh, one last question for you, Daniel, and then I'm uh, gonna jump to uh, Jenna for a question. Uh, Daniel, I know your team has been intensely focused on planning for classroom instruction, and, and rightly so. Uh, we had some questions in the chat about lunch, PE, recess. I, I think you could probably throw chapel in there. Essentially, these big uh, or large student gathering times. Do you have any idea what those might look like, uh, or is that kind of in the next phase of planning? That will completely, it's, it's part of our planning and will completely depend on what um, restrictions we're under. So if we're not under any restrictions, then we'll have these smaller classrooms that will still congregate in the lunchroom in a large chapel assembly, in a large recess assembly. But if social distancing requirements are, um, are asked of us by the state, then, then those things will be affected, but offering an on-campus experience hopefully will not. So we're trying to balance being able to offer as much on-campus time for students with their teachers and special teachers and, and support specialists as possible. And when restrictions are eased, then we will be able to gather in larger groups. So for instance, if there are no restrictions, then chapel will be a large assembly with all of the lower school students, middle school students, or upper school. If there are restrictions in place, then we might have our chapel speaker um, brought into the classroom through, through a you know, virtual medium uh, through a chat and then the teacher will work with the students to discuss the chapel content and, and have that shared experience. So it all depends on what restrictions we're under. Our number one goal right now is to have a plan that enables students to return to campus safely um, so that they can associate with one another, they can see their friends, and that teachers can connect with them um, on a physical campus. Very good. And, and Jenna, Daniel spoke to this well, but I want to give you the chance to to kind of chime in from your committee's work in terms of connections. Um, I think a lot of the questions about PE and recess and lunch were all centered around the importance of those social connections that our kids have the opportunity to make beyond what uh, we would now call those core classrooms. So can you talk to um, the work that, or speak to a little bit, um, the goal about maintaining as much connection as possible? Yeah, absolutely. So we recognize that um, the students are not getting the extracurricular or having that together time, be it lunch or PE or recess, what have you. Um, you know, and all that, as we've all said, is to be determined. Ideally, we would have some version of, of, of some of those. But um, in the meantime, I think that is super uh, crucial that we we maintain a sense of connection, which 
which really is built into, our principals have done an amazing job of building that into the curriculum with a lot of teachers. I know teachers are really encouraged to do breakout groups, um, to have one-on-one -on -one conferences with, with students at the upper school level. We have, um, and I believe at the other levels as well, they have specific times set aside for those one-on-one -on -one conferences. So face-to-face um, -face time is important. Time with their peers is important. We continue to go to roundtables and um, discussion groups to Dr. Sneer and I just to get ideas of way to keep ways to keep community going and and we're gonna we're gonna be super creative about that but I can tell you that um, on our watch that is not going to fall by the wayside like that that to us uh, is paramount. So we don't have all the details as to what we'll offer, but I can tell you that we are pretty much on a daily basis brainstorming and coming up with ways to keep that connection. Very good, thank you. Um, Daniel, I'm gonna jump back to you again. Um, a couple questions about you know, the extended start. Um, is the goal, can you speak just generally to the goal of the of the extended calendar or the adjusted calendar, extended may not be the right word, but um, can you talk about that again and, and what the goal was by adjusting some of those days there? The goal is the goal is to provide margin so that we can meet with the students as much as possible in an instructional calendar year. Um, right now, the, the all the planning is going towards there will be disruptions of some sort. Um, we do not know what extent those will be. But by extending the calendar out, we're opening up about 15 days that if we have to go into distance learning or an extended break, um, let's say a week before Christmas, there's a spike in cases, then those, those five days we could recover elsewhere in the calendar so those instructional on-campus days can still be an opportunity for students. Again, if, if we do not have to go into those scenarios, then, then we'll finish school earlier than what we're planning at this time. But the goal is to have some margin in the school year so that we can best educate students and allow them to be on campus. Yeah, and I think that you spoke to this or I saw it mentioned earlier in the chat, but if families are, are, have already made commitments on some of those days, um, you said that they would be excused, is that right? Yes, we're gonna extend grace. We know that, that many times, you know, calendar decisions are made, we publish these and and I believe February, January this year. So we know that y'all have planned um, off of that calendar. Um, our goal is to provide on-campus opportunities. So if your family already has commitments um, or challenges, then we will work with you and extend grace. Uh, so please do not feel um, burdened by, by this extension. It's just our commitment to provide as much um, on-campus uh, class time as possible for families not knowing what disruptions we might have. All right, thank you, Daniel. And, and thank you, parents, um, for, for tuning in and, and asking questions. I think that we've moved through uh, everything that I've seen to come through the chat session. Before I turn it over to Mr. McGee, I just wanna remind you one more time and I'll paste the link in in just a minute. Um, if you have feed, or well, I don't, we know you have feedback on uh, the distance learning uh, that's taken place so far this spring, and we really want your feedback on that. that that's information that we plan to look at uh, as we continue to plan for next year. Uh, it's very important to us that you have an opportunity to let us know what you believe was effective or ineffective or things that we did well or opportunities for growth. So if you haven't done so, please take 
that ISM um, survey, that's gonna be invaluable to, to our planning efforts. And again, I'll put that in the chat in just a minute. And with that, I'm gonna turn it back over to Mr. McGee. Well, thanks everyone. And, and we, I really appreciate the questions that you uh, uh, posted and uh, we tried our best to get as many of your questions answered as possible. And again, parents, I would uh, just, just please be patient with us. We, and we will provide more details as they're developed. And so uh, look forward to that uh, publication, the reentry plan uh, in a few weeks. Um, you know, throughout this whole planning process, uh, our, our crisis management teams have had to wrestle with three questions. What won't change, what must change, and what might change? What must change are things that are dictated to by our authorities. So we fall under the authority of uh, our state and local governments, especially in the areas of health and safety. So, you know, even though we're, and this was one of the questions actually posed on the chat feature is if we're a private school, why do we fall under the authority of state and local authorities? But well, we don't for educational matters, but we do for um, health and safety matters. So we still must abide by whatever the government or whatever the governor or the mayor or a uh, city manager or a county judge, if they, order, uh, issue an executive order regarding health and safety, we, we must uh, abide by that. Um, so in the area of what might change, um, you know, that's, uh, uh, that's still in flux as well. Um, one of the questions that we're constantly asking is, what lessons have we learned from this distance learning uh, mode that we've been in these last two months? And what things can we apply to next year? You know, one of the hidden blessings of uh, this, this whole experience is that it has given all of us, uh, uh, students, teachers, uh, a glimpse into what may be the future of K-12 education. Uh, you know, we've, uh, all of us have wondered how technology was going to transform education and what uh, opportunities that technology may open up to our students. And we're learning uh, from this experience. We're going to learn from the input or feedback you give us on that survey, and we intend to apply these things as we go forward, what uh, the lessons that we've learned to make us an even stronger school. But I can tell you one definite answer, and that is what won't change. What won't change is our commitment to our mission and our core values. So no matter the mode of education we find ourselves, no matter the environment that uh, we're forced to operate under, no matter the conditions, Legacy's strong commitment is to carry out our mission to develop strong leaders with biblical convictions who are prepared to succeed in college and beyond. That is our promise to you, and it, it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed these last two months, and it will not change next year, no matter the situation we find ourselves. And our core values are our guiding principles. So in all of our uh, uh, planning, we keep those core values in mind. Those don't change. Mission, core values are unchangeable. All the other things may change, and they will, 
And we don't know which direction uh, we're going, but we know this, our mission and our core values will not change. That's our promise to you. At this time, I want to uh, turn it over to um, Mr. Brad Brenneman, Chairman of our Board of Trustees, and uh, Brad's got a few remarks and a closing prayer. Brad? Thank you, Bill. I appreciate that. And on behalf, I've seen, uh, I'm going to speak, put words to much in the chat room, but I've seen many comments and want to say on behalf of, as a parent, on behalf of many parents, um, and uh, on behalf of the, the, the Board of Trustees of Legacy, Thank you, uh, Bill McGee. Thank you, all these panelists. Thank you, all of our staff, faculty, administration, on all the way, uh, everyone involved at Legacy. We are blessed. You have been a huge blessing and continue to be. We are very grateful for the countless hours uh, that you all are putting in, working with amazing creativity, wisdom, uh, perseverance and love for our kids and community. So just please know that um, and uh, be encouraged um, and, uh, and just know you are loved and we are all very grateful. With that, I will close this up in prayer. Father, we are so thankful for who you are. You are our God, you are our savior, you are our provider, our protector, you are our hope. And we just thank you for your presence and engagement in each of our individual lives, but specifically in the life and community of Legacy Christian Academy. This is your school, and we are here to steward it uh, with your purposes in mind. And so we just, uh, we just thank you. Thank you for your presence. And uh, we pray that you continue to feel free to move freely in our lives, in our minds, in our hearts. Father, we thank you for um, your action, your grace, your mercy. We pray specifically, Father, that you will intercede um, on our behalf uh, for the many legacy families who are experiencing either job loss or significant turmoil in their businesses. Um, and, and that's very, very difficult to live with. And Father, I know that's creating anxiety and fear and frustration. And I just pray for your peace and your, um, your relief that only you can provide. I pray that you'll have uh, the ability to show and the time to, and, and, and people will experience the power of your, your peace and your grace. Um, Father, I pray that many LCA families who are struggling will seek out help from each other and allow our school community to be the church, to be the body of Christ, and to live out our commitment to serve and love each other, including through financial assistance if necessary. Father, I thank you for um, just the, uh, the, the many thousands of um, frontline workers, responders who are serving our community uh, and beyond, and pray you would just continue to energize them, uh, protect them, and uh, fill them with uh, clarity of how thankful we are for all of them. And I thank you for all of our leaders. Um, whether we agree with them or not all the time, they are investing their lives to serve us, and we owe them our respect, and I pray that that uh, you will continue to empower them. Finally, Father, uh, I just want to uh, pray for your school LCA again. 
we pray that we will honor you by how we serve each other, treat each other, love each other. And ultimately, I pray for, um, for your presence and your purposes to prevail. Um, finally, Father, I pray for revival, that this, these times and experiences will cause many, uh, both within our community and beyond, to rethink our commitment to you and our desire to trust and have faith in you. And I pray that you will move mightily, as I know you are, to uh, redeem this moment in a way that honors you. Thank you again. We love you and we praise you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you all, and I will pass it back to Shannon for, I guess, closing up. Yes, thank you so much, Brad. I appreciate those words, and thank you to all of our panelists. Uh, parents, thank you so much for the engaging dialogue today. We appreciate it. If your questions were not answered, uh, please do reach out to us, questions at LegacyCA.com. We're more than happy to provide you with the answers that you need. Have a wonderful weekend. Uh, for the seniors, can't wait to celebrate you next Friday. Uh, God bless you, and we love you. See you next week. Thank you.